So before I moved to Alaska, I was a manager of a nonprofit whitewater rafting company in Moab, Utah. And what kind of set us aside from the other whitewater companies in Moab was that we primarily worked with people with mental and physical disabilities. It's a super stressful job, but also one of the most rewarding I think I've ever had in my life. In August of 2011, we embarked on a five-day whitewater adventure with quite a group of people. We had four paraplegics and their families, a bunch of volunteers, which we used as rescue swimmers if that needed to happen, and then a gentleman named Silas and his wife. Now, Silas was joined to the trip late. He had had two heart attacks in his life, and he had just been diagnosed with Parkinson's. We wanted to make sure he felt part of the group. And so for the first few days of the river trip, we kind of just gained and created relationships with him and his wife. It was mellow water for the first few days, and we just wanted to make sure everyone felt as comfortable as possible. Now, we learned a lot about Silas in those days. He was non-communicative. He only communicated through his wife. He was wearing adult diapers. He pretty much couldn't do anything for himself. But we also learned that Silas spent most of his life on the water. He had owned a few sailboats, he lived on a lake, and he kind of did what we did. He wanted to make sure that he involved everybody he could in the passions that he enjoyed on the water. So on the final day of the trip was our big whitewater day. And as a guide, we want to make sure that we cross every T and dot every I. So we meet in the morning, we decide the boat order, we decide all the safety precautions that we need to take. We equip everyone with proper life jackets, helmets, everything's prepared, ready to go. We make it through most of the, the canyon safely, and we arrive to the final rapid on the Colorado River. I chose to lead the group. In my boat, I had a paraplegic and their family, along with a volunteer. We get through the, the rapid, and tie the boat up safely on the, in the eddy. I chose to jump out of the boat to set myself up for success. Wanted to make sure everyone got through safely and I look up river and before I could even bat an eye, I look back and two of my boats had flipped over and I have nine people in the water. That included three paraplegics, Silas, his wife, and two guides. Now, as everyone starts popping up out of the water, they all got white helmets on, and I look up river, and they look like little ping pong balls popping up. I start counting. One, two, three. I almost have everyone, and I'm missing one person. Now, as this is all happening, I'm noticing most people are getting ashore safely. The boats are still upside down, and they're starting to cruise down river, and I'm the only person that's down river to go rescue them. So I run back to the boat. I untie, I push myself out into the current, and I push the upside of the boat to shore. And as I'm doing so, I see a hand under the boat. It's Silas. Silas had been caught under the boat by the current, and he wasn't moving. I was managed to get his boat, tie it up to mine, and get it again safely to shore. Now what we're taught is that if you have a swimmer in the water, you don't want to jump in yourself because that's creating an extra victim that could happen. 
So I jump on the upside-down boat, and I was able to get a hand on Silas and pull him up onto the upside-down boat. I immediately undo his life jacket and start beginning CPR. Not 20 seconds go by where I feel a pull from my life jacket behind me. Someone is pulling me off of him. It's his wife. With all the emotion and the adrenaline going on, she is the most calm and collected person out of everyone. She looks at me and says, let him go. Now, like I said, Silas had grown up on the water, and I think his wife had realized that this was the way he wanted to go. So my first reaction is, no. I push her off. I immediately go back to CPR. Now, the pull that I felt from her changed to a hug. She embraced me over my shoulder, and she hugged me. And as she did that, she grabbed her, Silas's left wrist and pulled it up, showed me that he had a DNR bracelet on. Do not resuscitate. So at that moment, I kind of just calmed down a little bit, pushed the tears aside, and decided to let him go. The rest of the group all reconvened on the side of the river. We were able to get the boats back up safely and got everyone to a beach where a couple of guides decided that they wanted to make lunch for everyone. So I then took the responsibility on of rowing the boat 10 more miles to our cars with Silas, his wife, and the guide who had flipped them. Now, the whole time I was doing so, I had to be on my satellite phone with the police, the coroner, the board of my company. And then the what-ifs and the guilt started to cloud my head. What if Silas was on my boat? What if the boat order was different? What are we doing out here? Are we putting extra danger into these people's lives? A lot of questions still kind of haunt me to this day. But it was Silas's wife that kind of calmed me down. She reminded me that Silas had been in a hospital bed for a year prior, and he left the hospital to come on this trip. When we got to the takeout, we were able to get all the gear safely on the, on the trailer and get back to Moab. When we arrived, obviously word travels fast in the rafting community, and so when we arrived back to Moab, we were welcomed with family members, coworkers, people from the community that were willing to help clean up and t put away everything from the trip so we could kind of just walk away. We all took a break for a few weeks after that. But then the guide and I got a phone call from his wife. She had bought us plane tickets and she sent us out to Colorado to hang out with their family. When we arrived, we spent the weekend kind of just sharing stories, enjoying each other's company, and realizing more and more that Silas was such an avid waterman. And overall, this is how he would have rather gone with everything else going on in his life. To this day, I still have some trouble thinking about that day, communicating it with some of the coworkers I still keep in touch with. But overall, I was actually extremely happy to share the memories that we had with this gentleman in his last final moments before he was able to embark on his next adventure. Thank you.